Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you, as usual, for joining me this week. My motivational quote is by Tim Hamilton, and it says, Security doesn't come from money. It comes from relationships. Do you feel like you have enough money in the bank? Do you feel like you earn enough money to live the life you imagine? Do you feel like you will ever be able to retire? And do you like money or do you like what money can buy? Phew, so many questions about money. But what if your money issues have nothing to do with your earning power and more about your overall relationship with money? Think about that one for a minute. How can we have a relationship with money when money is a thing that we can transact to buy stuff? What does a relationship with money have to do with anything, and what does that even mean? Today we will get some, of the, some answers to these very many questions, um, and they're important questions, obviously, about money. Myra Findell is an accountant specializing in bookkeeping and tax services for small businesses. In addition, she is a Reiki master and entrepreneur. Myra has a vision and is taking action to revolutionize the way we think about abundance, prosperity, and wealth so we can become liberated financially from the old world thinking. Sign me up. Myra is known as the holistic accountant. She uh, realized through her work with many diverse clients that financial independence is about much more than a proper, proper handling of financial matters. And Myra is quoted saying, we are talking about deep-seated beliefs that people hold about wealth creation in their business lives and in their personal lives. In order for her, for um, me, for her, to assist people in really attain the goals they desire, it inevitably comes down to how we think, feel, and react to the energy and issues around money. I can't wait for today's discussion, so please help me welcome Myra. Myra, thanks so much for being on. And thank you, Connie, for having me on this yeah. wonderful, yes. It just, um, I always love to speak about money because it's a topic that people uh, shy away from. It's like a taboo topic, and money is just money. I mean, it's just a piece of paper. And That's true, but it's so not, many, right? <laughs> yeah. We have so many things tied into money, like self-esteem. You know, yeah. our worthiness is tied up with money. You know, if, if we don't have money, do we, you know, how do we feel about that? How do we feel about ourselves? How do we feel about relationships? You know, personal relationships with people that do have money, that people that don't have money. Um, there's so many questions surrounding money. It influences every aspect of our lives. And whether and we have us, it or not, yep. I was, and I was going to say, and none of us are immune to it. When I met Myra at a networking event, and, you know, you go, right, Myra, go around the room, introduce ourselves, what we do. And when we got to Myra, we all went, what do you do? And we all kind of giggled, and we looked at each other, and we thought, wow, we all have money issues, don't we? And we all do. We all do. Nobody is immune from this, right? Absolutely. Whether you're wealthy in money or you're not wealthy in money, um, 
whether you have a handle on your finances or don't, you still have all kinds of programming and preconceived notions that are running around in your head like little monkeys, um, influencing so many things in your life. Um, It's just amazing. It it even influences our our health, our well-being. Absolutely. Because, you know, just think about... If you didn't have any worries whatsoever concerning money, everything was handled, and you were totally stress-free, how would your life be different? Absolutely, and our health would be better because we wouldn't be so stressed out. I, my first question, actually, I have to, you know, in the introduction, you, your title is a holistic accountant, right? And that's how you introduced yourself at the networking event. Just tell everybody a little bit about what a holistic accountant, what does that even mean? Well, it, I don't know what it means in general because there is no term called a holistic accountant. It's not something you can go to school and get a degree in. However... <laughs> Having said that, um, I've studied many different spiritual paths. I've spent many years living abroad, and all of this has influenced my life, how I think, how I feel. Um, When I work with clients, I listen, not only physically, but energetically, feeling what their needs are. Um, So it's not like I'm sitting and interviewing a client as to what their needs are just on paper. I feel it. I feel what their stresses are, um, and that came from all the years of me doing spiritual work. I was an apprentice for a shaman for many years. I spent time abroad, both in Brazil and um, in uh, Peru. I lived in Israel for many years. I've studied um, the modalities that have given me an awareness that I funnel through the financial world, and that's an unusual gift because you don't think of holistic healing and money being commingled, but I do. I commingle it. My passion is helping my, helping people finding peace with money, but more more than that, in the in the actual, you know, tangible way of having them feel stress-free in dealing with their money, saving their money on their taxes, giving them the tools they need to make better financial decisions. And it comes from a place of being holistic about it. Absolutely. It's not not so much about how much money do you have in the bank because you can have $100,000 sitting in the bank and be stress-free, or you can have $100,000 in the bank and being worried about what tomorrow is going to bring. Absolutely. Now, I have a small business, right? So let's start with what do you think or where do I begin? Let's, or a small, where does a small business owner begin organizing their taxes even though, and I know I hate it. I hate when it's that time of year, and, of course, you know, I get stressed out with it. And many people do, and what they do is usually at the end of the year, they scramble to get all the receipts together and start the process. And that is like binge financing. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's binge financing. You're spending hours and hours and hours trying to get everything pulled together so you can give it to your accountant to do your tax return, and you expect it to be correct when you yourself haven't done enough prep time to get everything done correctly. Uh, I don't recommend that. Right on my website, I give for free a way to organize your taxes, what you really need to focus on. It's just, you know, it's just a sheet of paper. Don't complicate it. It's just a checklist. If you go by the checklist, you'll be organized, but don't start on April 14th when you have to do your taxes on April 15th. Absolutely. Good, good advice. You know, be proactive. And, and everybody, just I will give um, Myra's website its total financial makeover, but I'll give it to you again at the end, and I'll put it on the WebSwap platform so you guys can download that um, sheet with checklists, which I'm going to do, Myra. I think that's a great idea. Um, and, and you're right. I, I don't wait till the 14th. I actually start getting my taxes at the end of the year. I have a, a file cabinet that I have things separated. With that said, it's still stressful, and I hate it, but it has to be done. So um, no binge financing, and find that cheat sheet. I think that's a great idea. Now, I want to shift a little bit. How do our thoughts and feelings affect our bank account? You kind of alluded to that at the beginning. So how does that happen? Okay, so... You know, you know, everybody almost knows about the law of attraction. It's pretty, right. you know, it's pretty popular out there. You know, how you feel about things influences everything. Um, if you're stressed all the time about money and worried about money, is it going to come to you easily? No. No. Right. No. But if you think of it in a more positive way, like I, I think about accounting like a puzzle. Do you remember when you were a child and you did puzzles? Sure. Yeah. You had a great time. Yeah, love you put it. pieces Relaxing. together, one piece after the other. Yeah. And what happens when you're done? You have this beautiful picture. Right. And that's what accounting is about. If you can reframe what you're doing and look at it as fun. When I put together somebody's books, it's a spreadsheet, let's say. The spreadsheet's a puzzle. I, I put all the categories, I put all the numbers, and then at the end, I t everything is totaled, it's automated, it's a picture. It's that financial picture as it is at that moment. And I have a sense of accomplishment, and I think it's fun because I love working with spreadsheets. And, and everybody's laughing I, right now, Myra, saying she loves spreadsheets and that's fun for her. <laughs> because I used to do those 5,000-piece puzzles as a kid. Sure. And I love them. And the spreadsheet is very much like a 5,000-piece puzzle. You put the pieces in. You got the picture. It's complete. And now you have a tool to work with that you can look at for instance, if you've got different divisions in your business, do you know if it's, making, if it's really profitable? Is it really worth your time? Do you have all the income and expenses labeled so that you know how to make a better business decision? If you have a division that's sucking up your time and your financial resources, maybe it's better to let it go and do something else. Sure. 
So it's an outline. No, Am I understanding no. that? Myra, it's an outline for you to look and see what's profitable, what's not in a business especially. In a business, that's the only way to do it. You have to look at the numbers. Here you've got your puzzle. You've got different pieces laying on the floor. You're putting it together in a spreadsheet or you're doing QuickBooks. It doesn't matter. Or you're even doing it manually. That, that's a possibility to, you know, any way that you're comfortable doing it. And then you've got your picture. Give you, you know, the tools you need to make business decisions. Increase your income. Have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Put music on in the background and relax. Now it's let me ask you a question. I agree with everything you just said, but you, you know, our thoughts, you, you started with the law of attraction and what we feel affects obviously our bank accounts. So how do, how, how do you think our thoughts directly affect the bank account? Because people are saying, well, what does that mean? Our, you know, our feeling about money affects our bank account. Can you explain that a little more? Absolutely. If, we, if I'm stressed all the time about money, and I'm worried, and I'm not, I don't have a good relationship with money, it's not going to come to me. If I have a handle, a better handle on what I'm spending, how I'm spending it, I'm making more informed decisions, I'm, I'm feeling more empowered, money is going to be drawn to me. Maybe not immediately, but opportunities for money is going to come. And I'm going to have the ability to make decisions from a different place. And if I'm always stressed and I'm saying, you know, I don't know how to make, my, you know, make the bills on time. I don't know, how, you know, where the money is going. I'm spending. It's going out. It's not coming in. You know, all those thoughts that are rolling in my head. Instead, if I could just take a deep breath, make friends with money, embrace where I'm at at the moment, wherever that is, whether I'm struggling or not, have a really good understanding of where I want to go, have a plan, and then move forward with it. Money is going to come to me more easily. When I'm stressed and I'm shutting down, nothing's going to come to me. And my bank account is going to reflect that. So if I'm hearing, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. I thought you were done. I apologize. When I started to say when, when you're doing your finances and you're doing, you know, your spreadsheets or you're writing down your, put on music, relax, have, have, make it into a fun experience. When I described, you know, the puzzle, I, I did that on purpose so that you can allocate not only your finances properly, but you can also put fun into it. Make it into a family event. There's no reason why kids and spouses can't be involved in this and create maybe a, a budget meeting in a fun way. There's all kinds of resources that you can do that. And that's, I like that idea, Barbara, I like that idea too because kids have to be financially literate too and understand that a budget matters and that you have to have some kind of plan in place. So if I heard you correctly, the, the mental and the bank account connection really is if you kind of know whether it's, you're in a good or bad financial position, don't judge it, right? So kind of 
kind of zoom out and look at it as if you're watching a movie and look at the financial pieces of your puzzle, whatever that is for you, and then understand what you need to focus on, paying off debt, putting savings away for a new car, saving for a home, whatever it is that you're looking to do, and then back into the budget of how to be able to do that or how to be able to pay down debt and be realistic. Because once you have a plan, I think the idea of what you're saying is that it calms us a little bit so that we allow positive energy and opportunities, obviously, which sometimes can bring money into our life. So that's pretty, pretty much the idea, correct? That is, and when you have a plan, you're telling the universe, this is what I want, make it happen. Sure, that's right, and the universe, it, it, it exceeds our expectation always. We need to take a Absolutely. quick break. Yeah, I, I know, I love law, I love all the universal laws, all 12 of them. Um, we have to take a quick break, Myra, and then when we come back, I, I'd like you to share some ideas on how people can change that, that what I call poverty, poverty mentality of I don't have enough, um, there's never enough money, my bank account's empty, I can't pay my bills. So how do we shift that poverty mentality? We'll discuss that when we get back. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with Myra Fendel, and we're talking about how our thoughts really can affect our bank account, and we're talking about our relationship with money. So if I'm one that dwells on or is, is frustrated or stressed out about money all the time, we often call that the poverty mentality. So how do I shift that? How do I change it? Well, the first place to start is through gratitude. We live in a beautifully abundant world. Look around you and you'll notice all the gifts the universe has given you. And none of us are immune to this. We all have wonderful, wonderful gifts that we have right now, whether, again, whether we're rich or not, in money. So when you consciously look at what you have received and acknowledge it. And what I do is I write in, I have a gratitude um, journal mm -hmm. and I write what I'm grateful for every day. And when you look at that, the universe is going to say, okay, she's grateful for X, Y, Z. Let's give her more. You know, 
It's as easy as that, too, Myra. I know people are listening going, ah, oh, these two are kooky. <laughs> you know, what, what, uh, what were they drinking today? <laughs> and we haven't been. Myra and I did not have lunch with cocktails. Uh, right? <laughs> it's, it's true. You know, every night before you go to bed, write in a journal or even just in your head, you know, lay down, put your head on that pillow and just go through your day about all of that amazing, fun, cool, funny things that happen and think, I am so grateful for that moment. I'm so grateful for my conversation with Myra um, today. I'm so grateful that she gave me some insight about my bank account. Whatever it is, I'm grateful for that great cup of coffee in the morning to get my eyes open, right? Um, there's, there's, abundance, there's abundance all around us, you know, and, and we're both in New Jersey. It just so happens. Um, I have guests from all over the world, and Myra and I are both from New Jersey, and the uh, fall time of year, like today, is just a crisp, absolutely beautiful day. How do you not feel grateful for, you know, the breeze that's on your face and the crisp, clean air? So I think uh, gratitude is so important because the world does, the universe does respond and give you more of it. So stop being negative and start a gratitude journal or just little gratitude things at night before you go to bed. Next question, Myra. How does prosperity and poverty, um, or does prosperity and poverty, only reflect through the, the element of money? Absolutely not. I am willfully abundant in many areas of my life. And it's not only money. I'm abundant in relationships. I am abundant um, because I have a daughter that I think is fabulous and I'm grateful for for her and everything that she has brought into my life. And, uh, you know, I can go on and rattle off 101 different things that I'm abundant in. And it may not, you know, reflect always in the money. Um, but even going out for lunch with friends, it may not be something that costs hundreds of dollars, but even if it's only, you know, a $15, $20 meal, it, I feel abundant in being able to do that. There are many places in the world where, you know, going out for lunch may not be an option. You know, and, and we, we are living in a society that is abundant. I mean, open up your window, look outside. Yeah. It, We've it got really... so much around us in the United States. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I um I often find that when we go out to dinner and you spend like a ton of money and then the restaurant was so loud you couldn't hear and we get in the car and I think, "Oh, that was exasperating." Even if the meal was quite delicious, right? I didn't get a chance to talk to the other couple or the two couples that we were uh, sitting with because the, the noise volume was so high. I would rather have friends come over, open a bottle of wine, have a pizza, you know, pizza and subs, whatever, inexpensive, throw a salad together and just hang out and talk all night and have a good time. Or we, oftentimes we'll even play board games. Yes, I'm a nerd and I embrace it. Um, it, it to me, it doesn't get any better than that. And that isn't about spending money at all. It's about bringing these wonderful um, people into your life and having just wonderful conversation and enjoying um, that pizza or that bottle of wine uh, together. I want to share with you really quickly a, a little story. My husband's Canadian and this past weekend we um, 
had to go up to Canada, not had to, we chose to go up to Canada, where he's from, and his uh, cousin's daughter, our second cousin, got married, so we joyously went to the event, and it was the re most remarkable experience, because as people, they were introducing us to all of their friends from up there, and as people were meeting us, they said, oh, we saw the New Jersey plates, and we knew that you had arrived, and my husband and I kept looking at each other like, oh my God, they're making us feel like celebrities. We're nobody, right? We're cousins, second cousins at that. And the abundance of love that was shared with us, the gratitude that my husband's cousins felt that we were there. Um, when I tell you it was one of the best weekends that we've had, and, and trust me, it was a 10-hour ride going up, an eight-and-a-half-hour ride, ride coming down, and we drove Friday, came home Sunday, so it was a quick turnaround. It was the most joyous weekend that we've had in in just months. So when I tell you we were filled with gratitude, our cup was overflowing with love. It was a remarkable experience. And I think if people would let that in, Myra, um, it feels good, right? Absolutely. You know what? If, if we would spend an hour with a three-year-old... <laughs> we would know what abundance feels like because they're not concerned about money. They have no idea about the concept of money, but they're in awe of everything. And if we could just embrace a little bit of that into our lives, just to be in awe of what goes on around you without judgment, just to love the new experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. We judge, though, you know, Myra, right? We judge. We do. And, you know, we've got, we have to understand that we come from um, parents that have survived World War II, the Holocaust, the Depression, and we yeah. received these messages of scarcity through our upbringing. And these influences and these thoughts influence not only our money, but everything in our lives. And it's, maybe it's time to let that go and to learn different ways. I would recommend that if anybody's having a challenge with those kind of thoughts, there are different modalities like EFT, emotional freedom technique, which is an energy healing system that works on your meridians to, to unblock energy that is stuck in your, in your psyche. Or find a good friend and start the conversation about money. You know, find where it's comfortable for you, somebody that you can really trust with your inner, inner thoughts, and just talk about it. Just bringing it to light with the intention of shifting things will start the ball rolling in the right direction for you and opening up, you know, things that are maybe bottled up and stuck inside you. The bottom line is that we're living in an abundant universe. We deserve to be abundant in every area of our lives, including finances, but not only with money. Where are we withholding? In love, maybe we're withholding? Who knows? For every one of us, it's different, but maybe it's time to take a look and let it go. Now, I have to ask you a question. So you, you said even if you choose a friend, right, to have a, a serious or a not-so-serious conversation about money, discussing money is uncomfortable, I think, for most people. So what, 
what do you recommend to your clients when when you say that you know all right talk to me you know okay because you're the accountant I could certainly talk to you but how can I have a serious conversation without feeling uncomfortable do you know that in different societies talking about money is not the same as in the United States when you travel I know that I spent 10 years in Israel and everybody talks about money if you buy something the first thing that they ask you is, so how much did it cost <laughs> Here, you don't ask those questions you know it, it's like taboo so the question is why is it taboo really oh Myra that's funny because if somebody like you know they bought I don't know, something that I think is expensive. I'll say, oh, where'd you get it? And they say, oh, the outlets, whatever, right? And I'll say, oh, do you mind if I ask, like, how much was that? Because I would be interested perhaps in buying, right? But I do, I go, oh, do you mind if I ask what you paid? Because you don't want it to appear rude. <laughs> and what's so rude about money? I mean, you're wrong. You're right. And Let's get over it. And the only way to get over it is to start talking about it let's open up the window a crack just a crack if you're scared just like I said start talking about basic things give an example I went give shopping today yeah yeah for example I went shopping today and I bought a, a blouse that cost me $15 whatever it is start start with that and then progress you know open up a little bit more the window and talk about hey you know I've been shopping around for this that and the other thing I'm looking for you know a car what do you think asking you know asking for advice and then maybe you know I've been putting money away in my 401k I don't see that it's really giving me a good return on my investment what are you doing that's different maybe if we put our heads together we can find a better way it's a great idea yeah yeah I mean people have ideas why not share your greatest resources is your friends it's Too true and they love audience. us they do and they want to help us but of course. we're just too afraid sometimes to ask and there's no reason not to ask they want to help you we all you know we're a community of people that want to help each other it's true. Let's break down the barriers and just open up a little bit. It's and true. And trust. Yeah. Let's trust that, you know, if I ask you, Connie, you know, what are you doing differently that makes your life a little bit more successful than mine? Trust that maybe, you know, you're not going to judge me harshly. No. No. And you're going to accept me for who I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I remember when, um, and I've shared this story frequently, and then we're really out of time, so I just want to um, share the story quickly, and then if you have anything else to say. But when we first moved from Newark after the riots in the, the late 60s, we moved to Homedale, which, my rights, I don't know if you know Homedale, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful affluent town, great education. We moved here because of the education, yep. not because it was affluent, okay? And not mm -hmm. when my parents gave the four of us great education, and I'm blessed, right? And I'm thankful every day for my brain and the ability to have been taught how to learn and I remember because we lived in the older section of the town three-bedroom little ranch nothing extravagant a third of an acre but we had grass and I had a swing set in my backyard oh my god to me this was a palatial estate okay I was living in a wonderland and I asked a girl to come over I was 11 at the time and I asked a girl to come over to play 
And she goes, well, where do you live? And I'm thinking, oh, she, you know, she does, her mom's not going to let her come home if my mom's working. And my mom at the time is a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, well, my mom is home, and I live in, in Old Manor. But, um, you know, my mom is home, so if, you know, your mom wants to talk to my mom and all this. She goes, oh, you live in, so right, naive of me, she says, oh, you live in Old Manor. I can't play with you. And I said, oh, why? Is it too far? And she said, because I'm thinking my mom could come pick you up, right? And she says, um, you live in the slums of Homegirl. No joke. And oh I've shared this God. story. Yeah, I know. Now, for those of you that live in New Jersey and know Homedale, there is no slum of Homedale. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's incredibly beautiful. And I remember coming, I've shared the story before, but it's so funny. I came home and I tell my mother the story. Now, can you imagine how horrified she was? She goes, what did you say? And I said, all right. I thought my response to the kid was, all right. And I said to my mother, well, I don't want to be her friend. And my mother says, why? I go, she cares where I live. I, don't, I go, I don't care where she lives. I wanted to be friends with her because I liked her. I said, so if she cares where I live, I don't want to be friends with her anyway. And my mother will share the story now, you know, how many years later, and giggle and say, like, even as a kid, you know, yeah, I have no time for you. You're too shallow for me. And we judge. We're taught had a judge from such a young age it's ironic so we have literally no time but really quick any last words of wisdom for the listeners to say just do it what what would it be value yourself you are worth more than than your bottom line well said well said yeah, well said. I love it. Okay, so now if you think my brilliant Myra that we had on today, um, if you'd like to converse with her more or uh, seek her professional advice seriously about money, um, you could go to her website. It's www.totalfinancialmakeover.com. And again, download that cheat sheet on, on the um, website. And by the way, Myra, I love that. Total, fin- Total Financial Makeover. Love the name of your business. Thank you. Very cool. Um, And you guys, don't forget, send me uh, questions or topics you want me to cover. You know I read the emails personally. You can email me directly at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com or if you need help with anything on the sales end in your company, I am happy to help lead you to success um, in your organization. So again, Myra's email will be on the, uh, I'm sorry, website will be on the WebTalk Radio platform. Uh, Myra, thank you so much again for being on and for sharing sharing how money and our minds are so connected. Thank you, Connie, for having me, and I look Um, forward to speaking to anybody that needs any clarification. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. I hope you guys guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is easier than we often think, especially with your finances, now that Myra has shared all her brilliant little secrets with us. Um, Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Myra, thank you again for being such a great guest. You have all been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much, everybody. And go and look at money from a different perspective. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can change.